This is the Well, Well, Well podcast with Cassandra and Britt, episode 15, Consistent Practice Equals Progress. Today, we're going to talk about the small, simple things that help us build a better life and a better relationship with ourselves. Well, 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 welcome to the podcast. We can't think of anything better than conversations with your friends about all the wellness. Let's discuss what the gurus are saying and weave the good stuff into our lives. We aren't experts, but we are your friends and we are here with you. We are so glad you joined us. Hey boo, can you leave us a review? It would be so nice of you. It helps us reach people who would enjoy it too. Thank you. Okay, what are we drinking today? Britt, you've always got a new concoction here for me. But I have to be honest, this is my fourth bevy today. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you've been really working in the bevies, huh? Yeah. I had, well, two two are water. One is water. Then one is... You're uh, going to list two of them as water? Maca chocolate. I had my maca chocolate tea. I love that tea so yeah, much. Yeah, I had that and then a big thing of water and now... And my chai and now this. Okay. But I feel fine with myself. I'm staying in a place of non-judgment about my four beverages. Absolutely. When you're a <laughs> beverage lover, you just got to own it. Uh-huh. I own it all the time. Okay, so this is Shaka Tea Hawaii. And the first time I tried Shaka Tea, I was in Hawaii. Just really going to front door brag like that. It just felt like <laughs> the right thing to do to sit on a lounge chair with this Shaka bottle yeah thanks for coming in the front door not the back i know you're welcome um so um i didn't know that i was going to be able to find this on the mainland yeah i mean it's not like that peanut butter you got a hold of it isn't like that which we will talk about that but right now we're going to talk about the shaka it's a caffeine free tea so for those of you who are not into the caffeine and want something completely and totally herbal this is your tea it is hibiscus tea and then just a little monk fruit pineapple extract we're trying pineapple mint today yeah our new thing the monk fruit and i've tried the ginger can't remember the exact name but it's like a ginger berry type one and i love the flavor of that one too you did yeah both yes, flavors are good. i love this one pineapple. no aftertaste Mm-mm. and no black tea then if it doesn't mm-hmm. have caffeine all herbal last week we were talking about symbols and we talked about the hang loose symbol hey and now here we are drinking a drink with a shaka on it yeah, well, if you missed her talking about the Hangley symbol, it was followed by the middle finger symbol on our stories. Oh, gosh. Well, that's only if you were on the stories, but we're not talking about that. We're just I'm talking about... I'm just saying about- you might want to go to our stories to learn all the symbols that Brit knows. Well, <laughs> guys, I should have put a black box to block it, you know, like a censored thing. Yeah, like if you were showing your boob. Yeah, I yeah. should have done that for the middle finger. I yeah. didn't mean any offense to anyone. I would like to apologize if anybody was offended by that. You're shaking your head. Well, Are you shaking your head because with me. you are offended? Start with me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Sorry, right. so in the book The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, he says the compound effect is the principle of reaping huge rewards from a series of small, smart choices. Mm, I love that. So, Let that soak in, you know? I know. Did you like that thoughtful pause? I did. I yeah. really took it with that you. That was for you guys. This idea behind the compound effect is that small, consistent action over a long period of time has greater payoffs than intensely large but short changes. Hmm. That's interesting to kind of think about because sometimes I think that when people do things cold turkey and make big, giant changes in their life, It's definitely not to discredit that because I think that can be really incredible and it's usually what takes 
more credit is when people do things like that. But I like this idea that the consistent small little actions over a long period of time has shown to have a greater payoff. Well, you know, I think that maybe people who are doing cold turkey behind the scenes, there are small, simple things that they're doing. Totally. They're replacing whatever. I mean, the first thing, obviously, that comes to our minds, like if you're getting off cigarettes or coffee or drugs or alcohol and you want to go cold turkey. It's followed up with a million small little a things. A million small little things that years from now you're going to look back on and go, remember when I was on crack? Yes. You and now see. I'm not. Okay, so the other night I was downstairs after I got the kids settled for bed. I was going to have a little dessert in my kitchen. Tell them and about your dessert. Before I continue this story, I'm going to tell you quickly about the dessert. Get yourself some berries, your favorite berries. they got to be fresh. Put them in a bowl. Grab yourself a nut butter of choice, whatever mm-hmm. kind of nut butter you like. Like the kind that bike riders put on their undercarriage while they're riding bikes oh gosh is that a thing yeah it's called nut butter gosh they gotta pick a different name for that I mean I get it it's clever to marketing but I don't want to discriminate on nuts and I don't know what kind of nut butter you like you might like cashew or I'm a cashew girl well and there's that one at Trader Joe's that's called mixed nut butter maybe you mean the one that doesn't discriminate against anybody yeah it's like mixed nut butter or Everything nut butter. It's so good. It's so good. I it's love that It's a really one. good one. Okay, so you get one of those. You drizzle that baby on. Some unsweetened coconut flakes. Yes. A little bit of cacao nibs mm-hmm. or chocolate chips, whatever you prefer. And then the icing on the cake, literally, is get yourself some coconut cream. Now listen to these instructions carefully. Yes. Because I've had some mishaps here. Not coconut milk in a can. Coconut cream in a can. And we're talking like Trader Joe's. Yes. You have it. pour off whatever additional liquid is slumming around in there. Mm -hmm. So now you're dealing with the cream only. And you can either whip this up in an actual electric mixer type situation or just with a fork, whatever you have time for. But you might want to add a little bit of your sweetener of choice and then maybe a little vanilla. And you literally use it like whipped cream. But it's coconut cream. And it is such a good dessert. Heaven. It's heaven. It's a late night snack you can kind of feel good about. Right. Yeah. Healthish. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, so anyway, about this. I went down to go make this delicious little treat, and I was met with an unstirred jar of nut butter. Dun, dun, dun. Which is literally like death. Pure death. Yes. I want to get my dessert done, and I want to eat it now. I'm not having a lot of time to work on this. I'm just making it for myself. I'm right. Like, come on. And so the bummer is there's just no way to rush this job. If you want the right consistency in your nut butter, you have to literally take the time to slowly stir and fully incorporate the natural oils. And if you do it too fast, then it sloshes all over the place. And then you have a greasy jar forevermore. Yes. You have to really take your time with it. Once you've done this whole process and you finally fully incorporate all of the oil within the butter, then it'll stay like that. As long as you give it like a little stir each day. It just keeps it. But if you let it sit for too long, then it will 100% go back to the beginning. It'll separate separated, again. Yeah. And you have to start the whole process over again. So I was thinking that this is really similar to other things that we can do regularly in our life to help us get the lifestyle we ultimately want. So, for example, if I take the time to write down my to-do list, plan my week, stick to my plan, 
then I'm totally able to enjoy each of the things on my list so much more while I'm doing them because my whole list isn't looming in my mind at all times. So if I am helping my kids with homework or if I'm playing Legos with Bo, I have created time for that. So I don't have the tapping foot while I'm doing those things because that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right then. I have already planned it out. This whole process is one of the only ways that I found to help me overcome my natural scatterbrainedness. Initially, when I think about planning everything out like this, it feels like an overwhelming task, similar to looking at the jar of unstirred nut butter. Right. Feels overwhelming. But once I just take a minute to get it all organized and then I maintain my plan, then all of a sudden I've got this consistency that really serves me. Yeah, and it serves up your dessert real nice. You see what I mean? The consistency can go in your life or in your dessert. Okay. You caught that. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know me. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm doing the thing where you point to your eyeballs and then do them to the other person's eyeballs. And I, I was literally zoned in on it. Here are some other examples like exercising regularly. Mm hmm. Reading a little each day. Yeah. Holding your family home church or family meditation practice, whatever your spiritual practice is. Yeah. Cooking at home. I'm in like the dead zone of cooking at home right now. It's so hard sometimes because that is seriously something that you have to take a million little steps to have that be something that happens regularly in your life. It is. And everything I make my kids are like, nah, I liked that last month. Which is so disheartening because you're like, I thought we found something. Yes. I know. I've had the same thing happen where I go through phases with my kids where I feel like because of our after school activities, we're running from one thing to the next and sometimes my kids' schedules don't sync up. And so we're usually in the car on our way to something when somebody's hungry or on our way home from something when somebody's starving. And I've been in the car all evening. So we're at a drive-thru yet again. Right. And then I realize after a month of this that I don't really want my kids to feel like they have Chick-fil-A four days a week. Right. And the compound effect of what a fast food is going to do for their bodies and for their minds over an extended period of time. It's not the compound effect we're looking for. No. And the thing is that when you think about it a single instance, it doesn't seem like a huge deal. And it isn't a huge deal. But it's the layering. It's the the compound effect. It is. Right. Makes a big difference. Yeah, there's all sorts of little things like that that we do. There's a really good scripture. Yeah, give us the scripture. There's a scripture that we find in Alma. It's a book in the Book of Mormon called Alma. It's chapter 37, verse 6, and it says, By small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And, you know, so we've been hearing this since the B.C. years. Yeah. You know? They already were on to it. They were on to it. compound effect Darren Hardy. Yep. And we have another reference of it in Romans, which yeah. is in the Bible. Romans 2.7. It says, patient continuance in well-doing. That was the counsel given. Patient continuance in well-doing. Okay. Such a beautiful little phrase. I it love really that. It really is. So basically, I feel like what those scriptures are saying and what we're trying to say is, you set an intention. Mm-hmm. You figure out what the practice is going to be yeah. to achieve the thing you want. How are you going to stir the butter? Yep. And then you honor your commitment to yourself. So once you've You're decided. You're really committed to that butter. I know. See, if I want. Do you want, go downstairs and stir your butter Even on day? days when I don't eat it? Yeah. Well, I should. And when I don't, I pay the price. You know what? Put that in your planner. Here's the thing. It may not be one of my top priorities, but there are other things that are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a really good example of something that. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. <laughs> we get it, Britt. We get it. It's fine. You get it, right? So honor you your commitment to yourself and then be consistent. One time I was kind of beating myself up a bit about my spiritual practices. And there is this large emphasis in our church about daily scripture study. Mm. And it's really hard for me. And I've said it before on here that I used to have the thought all the time, like, I'm just not a scripture gal. Yeah. Like, those were kind of meant for somebody else. Everything reaches people differently, which I do believe. Yes. However, I was kind of using it as an excuse. Okay. I have spent many minutes beating myself up about how much this practice trips me up. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you add up those minutes. And you wonder what you could have been doing with those minutes. Yeah. I know, but the truth is we all do this. Yeah. Okay, so. And it sometimes can push you towards the change you're looking for. So about five years ago, a friend of mine told me that she listens to the scriptures on her phone while she gets ready each morning. And she said she gets in between like 15 to 20 minutes a day. But then here's the kicker. She finishes the book about every three months. Wow. How crazy is that? Wait, what? So, yeah. Really? Yes. So, immediately my mind wanted to have, like, all these arguments against it. Like, I don't agree with this tactic. I won't get anything out of it. I can't take notes. Is it cheating to listen to them instead of reading them? Yeah, for sure. You're like, am I going to even be focused on what it's saying because I'm trying to get ready at the same time. Right. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Okay, I guess I just won't. Yeah. I'll wait until I have time to sit down and read them with my highlighter and pen. Right. So this dear friend of mine, and I would call her a spiritual mentor, patiently reminded me that if you listen, every three months you are going to listen again and the messages will get through to you. Yeah, like if you're reading the whole book through listening to it every three months, then how? And now all of a sudden you've read the books. How many times? How many times in a year would that mean? Four times read? a year. I mean, there's no way that you're not going to get more out of it than than never starting. Right. Right. And the thing about never starting is that's a fearful mindset, and it's like based in scarcity. Yes. It's like based in like not enough time, not enough resources. My brain won't be up for it. All of these kind of negative thoughts about it. But small, simple actions can result in me listening to my scriptures four times a year. Ah. How many times have I read them without this tactic? Right. Like maybe an hour a year or something? Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like five minutes a day? I don't know how much that would add up to. But while we're talking about it in a spiritual sense, think about prayer and meditation. Absolutely. I mean, those are huge. I am thankful to say my husband's extra good at prayer and like we never leave the house without saying a prayer. And he's just really good at that. He always thinks of it and he just does it with our kids consistently and There are times if he's out of town or whatever and we're like rushing to school and we haven't said a family prayer yet, my kids will remind me. They'll be like, mom, we need to say a prayer and we'll do it on the way to school or whatever. And it was kind of that moment of me realizing that the reason that they think of it is because it is part of their daily practice. Right. So they're already starting their own personal daily practices. Right. And well, because that's part of it, they notice a difference in their life when they don't have it, as opposed to it just being something that happens randomly and it not really having a consistent hold on them, you know? And that is something we want to create. So if you want your kids to recognize the value of prayer and meditation, but you don't practice it regularly with them, it's going to be hard for that to sink in. Well, and I think the beautiful thing in like a long-term effect of doing a daily practice of prayer or meditation or scripture study or soul seeking or whatever you're going to do, but really doing a small consistent practice of it, 
the great thing about it is that you'll have more of a connection throughout your life and at those times when you really need it. Totally. Like your sensitivity level to spirit or whatever you want to call it is going to be so much stronger if you have tried to connect daily. Right. You know, like how you watch in the movies where somebody has never connected and then it's towards the end of their life and they're like, where is God? What's this universe? Like they're asking all of these questions. Right. Whereas if you're speaking to the spirit or to God daily, then throughout your life when you really need that power in sickness, in, you know, family trials and things like that, you're going to be more present and more familiar more in tune. with what it feels like. Totally. And you're going to be able to like call upon that right then and there as opposed to, where do I look again? Okay, I remember people saying, you know, they get down on their knees and they pray. Should I do that? Well, and when I think about it, it's such a classic human thing to do. And I think we've all been guilty of it. We want to go to prayer when things are hard. Exactly. You're like in a car accident. Your kid's sick. You're like, I'm going to pray now. Yeah. Or I need to know what I should be doing this next step in my life. So all Uh of a sudden you really want to meditate and you want to like get in line with yourself. If we were consistently doing that, then it wouldn't be this big shift. It would just be what we're already doing. And we would probably feel like we're constantly being prompted and we're constantly asking and there's just this two-way communication that's consistent you'd be able to recognize the effects more totally well and i think any push towards better higher spirituality and empowerment and enlightenment i'm all for it if that takes a car accident if that takes a family tragedy all of those things are horrible things we're not saying it's bad whatever to gets start you there, there. whatever gets you there yes but then it's what are you going to do after that it's that consistent practice after that totally the small and simple thing I feel like after my dad died I wished that I could have been more in tune with hearing yes. and knowing what he would want to say or maybe talking to him or having a connection with him and feeling like well I don't ever meditate how all of a sudden am I just going to be like yeah I know how to listen I don't. I haven't been. So like, you know what I mean? I felt this big disconnect and all of a sudden I was like, okay, that's something I'm going to start working on. Well, it's similar in any relationship. It's similar with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, your business partner, your marriage, your children. Right. If you are developing that relationship little by little each and every day, every day you're not running out and taking your kid to Disneyland to feel a connection to them. Right. You're hugging them, you're squeezing their hand, you're praying with them, you're telling them you love them. These are all these small, simple things. You're looking them in the eye, you're listening to them. Like there's these little things that bring about. shutting your mouth and listening. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Gosh, that really is a lesson. That hopefully, if we don't completely screw our kids up, they're going to look back on and go, I felt so much love in my family. Right. I felt so much hope. I felt like my parents were really proud of me. But it's not because you bought them a new iPhone or you went to Disney or, or you had all one, of those things. Right. There can't. There's not going to be one big thing that, oh, see, that proves it right there. Right. It's going to be because of daily little things. So there was a cool talk a couple general conferences ago. There's a church conference that we listen to twice a year. And one of the talks in it was called Small Simple Things. And it was Dallin H. Oaks. And he showed a picture of 
a sidewalk that had been completely busted by the root of a tree. Okay. We can all kind of picture that. We've right, seen like it it's before. cracked, it's like teepeed. Yes, it's yeah. teepeed. And he saw that and he said, the thrusting power that cracked these heavy concrete sidewalks was too small to be measured on a daily or even monthly basis, but its effect over time was incredibly powerful. I mean, he gave a whole talk on it, but that was something that really stuck out to me was you look at what a huge impact that root had on that sidewalk. It was literally able to bust through concrete, but it didn't happen all at once. Right. It wasn't like an earthquake that did it. Totally. It was something that just little by little, not even daily measurable, not weekly measurable. And I love that because if we think about that in our own lives, what little things are we doing daily that might not seem like they matter? Like within just today, it didn't make a huge impact. Right. Just small things like gratitude, kindness, honesty. When we do just those little things, eventually it makes you a kind person, a gracious person, a trustworthy person. Right. That just becomes embedded in who you are. Right. Because of your consistent practice. Well, I love that. Okay, so the four steps that we have come up with are that first, you've got to set your intention. And an example of that might be, I want to be more connected to God. Number two would be to develop a practice. So I will pray each morning and night and spend 10 minutes meditating each day at 2 p.m. or wherever. But this is where you're going to plan it into your day and actually make it part of your schedule. So it's not just a general thing. The practice is actually specific. Right. When are you going to do these things? And then that leads us to number three, which is honor your commitment to yourself. You do the things you said you would do. And if there's a conflict, then you reschedule it. Same way that if you have an exercise commitment and you can't make a certain class that you typically go to, you would reschedule to work out another time that day. Later that night. Right. Yeah. But you still make it happen. And number four... Drum roll. Drum roll, please. Take time for reflection. So after months have gone by, take time to look at how this practice is impacting you in small ways or big ways. I think that's a really important thing to do is the reflection part because I really think it propels us into setting more intentions, repeating this practice in all areas of our life where we need more consistency, bringing it back to the almond butter stirring that's right if you need a better consistency then set an intention develop a practice honor your commitment to yourself and take the time for reflection and now we're going to transfer on into our well looky here how we always end up with a little twang when we talk about the well looky here i'm not sure the best part is we kind of squint at each other too like a well, looky here. It's kind of like a wiser person saying, well, looky here. Like they discovered something, but it's actually just us. And, you know, to some we might be older, wiser people. Let's hope. I'm, my hair's thinning. Okay, that's all I can say. <laughs> I am old. Okay, so mine for today is this amazing, seriously fantastic meditation pillow that I recently <sighs> found. And I was at this friend of mine's 40th birthday party at a meditation place in Malibu at Cross Creek called The Mindry. Mm -hmm. And they had this awesome meditation pillow. And so you can buy it online. You don't have to actually go to this shop. They have an online shop called shophalfmoon.com. And the one that I got is in the shape of a little half moon. 
but they have every different shape and size, bolsters, all kinds of yoga equipment. Tell them about the handle. So it has a handle sewn into it that you really wouldn't notice seeing it sitting on the floor, but you can just loop it through your arm, hangs on your elbow, and you can carry it with you you to a yoga yoga class. class. I mean, it just really is the perfect thing. It's a great gift. I maybe should have saved it for a gift, but I gifted it right on to myself. I am really excited. This is going to air after Valentine's Day, so I'm going to go ahead and say this is what I'm getting Dylan for Valentine's Day. Heck yeah. Yeah, they have a bolster and this pillow, and they're just so cute. I love them. Really, really cute. Okay, what's yours? So mine today, I actually stole from my friend Shambri. She had this super cute bracelet on that said her kids' names on it. And they're on black beads. Like these beads, you've seen them since you were a kid. I don't even know what they're called. I don't either. But they're like, sometimes you see them white with rainbow yeah, imprint on you've them. You've literally crafted with these before. But yes. my friend Melissa Newhouse from The Strand Above has started making them in like this super elevated way. Yes. And so it's in black beads. It has all my kids' names, but you know, I have so many kids. So I have the boys on one. So I have Dylan, Miles, and Leo on one bracelet. Did I say they were bracelets? So cute. And then I have another one with my girls' names and half of you are going to hate me, half of you are going to love me. I might have one with my dog's names. (laughs) (laughs) And I also got it for my sister as well. So she does them in these black beads with gold mixed in. And then she does them in white beads with black lettering with gold mixed in. And they're super cute. So on Instagram, it's the strand above. And we will for sure tag them and post a picture of it. I'm just gazing on over at this bracelet as we right. speak. It's so cute. I love it. Also, don't you love a stretchy bracelet cuz yes. you just throw it on? Yes, and I don't wear bracelets well because my wrists aren't functional. So, I feel like that is really going to serve me. Yeah. I can do a stretchy bracelet. I have an enormous wrist hump. I don't know <laughs> what you would call that, but I do too. I have a really big wrist hump, so it gets irritated if something hard is on it. So I like the stretchy ones. Just like a good pair of Lululemons. You know that song, My Lovely Lady Lumps. Yeah. Check it out. Do you think of your wrist? <laughs> my hump, my hump, my hump, my hump. Well, the best part is that I've been known to say my wrists are my best feature. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They never change in size. No, isn't it? You got a well, you know, instead of a well-turned ankle, you got a well-turned wrist. That's right. That's right. Okay. And you got a hump on your wrist. <laughs> a hump on your wrist. I feel like that needs to be a song. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening today. We hope you have a wonderful week. Be well. Be well. Let's hook up on Instagram at the Well, Well, Well podcast for a little bit more Well, Well, Wellness.